I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Blaise Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 7th. It is no longer Election Day. Um, that has come and gone. So, too, has UVA's uh, season opener in basketball. Cavaliers come out number five in the country, get a 73-42 victory over the Towson Tigers, who are, coincidentally enough, the rivals of UMBC. Um, so let's just go ahead and get that out there. Um, we'll talk about the opener. We'll talk about some of the, I don't know, lessons, quote-unquote, you could learn about a team in an opener that they sort of rolled to a win to. Um, and we'll also get into, obviously, Virginia football um, Lost to Pitt last week. Cavaliers will be back at home for their final game at Scott Stadium this season. Uh, they'll host Liberty in a nice, rare late November or late season, excuse me, um, at a conference game, which is apparently going to be a thing um, for a while. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? Uh, I mean, other than the football injury news, I'm in a pretty good mood because podcasts are my jam, Brad. Who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? <laughs> Okay, why, wait, why you got to make fun of me? That was a great moment. It was an it amazing was. moment. I'm, Look, following on for you. I know, no. Give me a chance to talk about it after the intro. <laughs> <laughs> What's, okay, Ferber, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber, also on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really, really well. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, okay, so wait, Dave, you got to come back here. Speaking guys, of witty banter. You, Speaking of witty banter. So, so, so you guys didn't text me at all about this. and now I did just, not see it until this morning, and I wasn't about to text you and ruin this whole surprise. <laughs> and neither did I. I didn't see it until this morning. So what, I, so, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sorry. To, it's hard to get him off topic. It is, yeah. it is, yeah, it's hard to get TB to sort of, but he did, not, man. Not he, that that was your intent. No, it wasn't. I was, you know, I was just asking, you know, just being me, doing my thing, doing what I do, and yeah, that was that was uh, that was kind of funny. A lot of people were like, I had a couple guys in the like, man, how did you do that? He never opens up like that. I don't know. Just ask him a question. What do you say? But um, did you call him coach? No, <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. Uh, we got hey, so, the tape doesn't lie. I don't point, know what you did, but but well, we can always go back and look. Except I really thought it was funny that he called Leon Bridges. What did he call him? Leon something. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. He didn't call him Jeff Bridges. <laughs> they said Leon Burns. Burns, that's right. He called him yeah. Burns. It so, was good. <laughs> it was good. All right, let's talk about the actual game. Um, it was good, too. It was. It was not good at first. It was rough at first. It was, ugh, at first. It was, um, I mean, you go into that game expecting Virginia to trounce them, right? You. That's, you know, but like as we talked about after Ferber uh, picked in the preview and people were kind of giving him um, grief for it, like Virginia doesn't typically blow teams out in this sort of game. Like this is 20, 25 points is, is kind of standard. Um, I want to get you get some some thoughts, uh, maybe some some takeaways, um, maybe lessons learned. But in terms of the game itself, just what happened in this one game, Dave, what were you most excited by and most concerned about? I mean, excited just, you know, honestly, not to cop out for basketball being back. It's I really wasn't that excited about the season starting until like yesterday afternoon. I really realized how fun it is to have a random Tuesday night game. You know how beautiful the repetition of basketball is. Um, But as far as the game itself, like I was really for me, like as much talk as we had about Braxton Key, I was most excited about Key A. Clark last night, like. 
that guy's a bulldog, like, like, like we've heard. And the versatility, like, granted, the versatility key and Hunter bring you are huge, but um, the versatility you get out of Kihei, being able to move slide tie off and have multiple trigger points for the offense. Um, just talking those two, not even the fact that, you know, the Hunter and Key can kind of initiate and Kyle Guy, who seems to get keep getting lost in all these discussions. Um, so individual player, I was really excited about the way Kihei showed up. Um, the team overall, it's just, it's a lot more, a lot more pieces, a lot more stuff this team can do compared to versions we've seen in the past. Um, as far as disappointment, I thought the team was a little lethargic, kind of looking for their identity there at the beginning. Um, I mean, it, it, it was sloppy basketball at the beginning. And and you see that, you know, Towson came in there hoping, you know, every, we're going to see that from a lot of small teams playing Virginia. They want to come in and, and beat the big dog. And we've seen it for years. Um, and there's also that weird thing. I don't know if you guys get it, but when you the first basketball game you watch after it's been a while, it takes a while for your mind to under like remember how the game goes. Like football, you've got possessions, and you know, there's usually you know you know one drive can mean a whole lot. It, it takes me it takes me probably that first two or three media timeouts before I'm oh yeah this is basketball. Five minutes a lot can change. Um, so it's just overall nothing nothing too concerning other than the fact that it's you're replacing. You know, as we talked about, you're placing Devin Hall and Isaiah Wilkins, and you have guys playing in much different roles. So it's going to take a little while for this team to gel. I think that's a that's a that's a good series of of points, Dave. I I, I kind of have the same. Whenever I switch into basketball mode, it takes me a while to figure out like, wait, how do I how do I keep notes for this? Like, what do I do? And it it it's funny because basketball feels like every possession is like the end of the world. And I mean, part of that's because UVA plays at the pace UVA plays at. Um, and they're sort of unwavering in that, right? Like that, it's not like that thing moves throughout the season. So you're sort of already locked into man that, you know, Oh, you're, like if it's one turnover or one bad shot, you, you sort of, you feel yourself start to like, not, not necessarily tense up, but you feel yourself sort of like start to, to wonder, okay, they need to do something different. You know what I mean? Like it. And, and what's funny about it is, is you think of other basketball teams because they have so many possessions, you don't even think about that stuff. You watch a, you watch Duke in Kentucky last night and you're not having any of those thoughts at all. Um, you're having a lot of thoughts, but you're not having any of those thoughts. Um, I was a little bit, I was curious as to the slow start. I kind of just felt like, you know what, this is a, a new group um, doing some, not necessarily new things, just some different things and, or maybe doing things differently. And then, you know, key is a, is a new piece and, um, and all that. Ferber, give me your sort of take, you know, what did you like and, and what, what maybe concerned you about that game? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with what I didn't like, and that was basically what you guys just said. I mean, they just kind of came out of the blocks a little slow. Um, I think the way Dave described it as lethargic um, is fitting. I think that that was pretty pretty fair. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that they're always going to play like that or anything, and obviously we saw them play their way out of it, but you know, it was kind of like uh, this is one of those games where, you know, I wasn't really worried about them not winning it, um, but it was, OK, when are they going to get going? Like, you know, at some point they're going to have to get going here. So obviously you're going to want to see that going forward. But um, the only other really concern I have through through the one game was just free throw shooting. Um, I think it wasn't that bad. They were 11 for 18, I believe. Um but, I mean, especially from, like, DeAndre, he just seems, like, a little off at the line, and he was at the end of last year, too. Um, so hopefully they can clean that up because, obviously, those points are huge in low-scoring, low you know, minimal possession-type games in the ACC. So 
Um, what I liked, um, I think Kihei Clark, like you guys said, you know, that was a, an interesting addition to the team. And obviously it's something that we haven't really seen. He ended up with six assists. So that's awesome. But um, I was really impressed with Braxton Key. He was pretty much everything that I was expecting him to be, um, you know, obviously when he transferred in here. So, I mean, his ability to score is there. He can rebound the ball. He can defend. Um, and he gives you a lot of different uh, options on both ends of the floor with how you can guard different lineups. And, I mean, obviously we saw what Duke was able to do last night uh, with a lineup of a bunch of wing-type players and obviously getting up and down the court. And the way having Key and Hunter and guys like that, I think that UVA would be pretty well positioned to defend teams like that. And there's a lot of teams like that in college basketball without a lot of traditional bigs. And, you know, they play six, eight guys at the four and, you know, play inside out and all that kind of stuff. So I think that he's a nice addition and at least gives you duplicity in what Hunter was already bringing to the table. Duplicity. You've been practicing that. Um, it's not that big of a word. No, it's not. It's not. This is a UVA podcast after all. <laughs> it's true. That's Some of true. our listeners scoff at that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're you're not trying to hot dog it up here. All right, look, I I got to talk about Kihei. All right, for a kid who when he committed, like, let's be honest, let's let's just let's just call the spade a spade, right? He committed, and I don't want to say everybody had a collective what, but a lot of people had a very sizable what, and. It, to, I'm not. I'm not one of these people who believes that you should just trust in Coach X because Coach X has done blah blah blah. Like you're allowed to have an opinion and you're allowed to wonder, hey, is this thing going to work? Like, is this a good idea? And here's this kid from the other side of the country uh, who really Virginia didn't necessarily wasn't after like for that long of a stretch of time. He had pretty much one really good tournament with the Oakland Soldiers in the in Peach Jam, which coincidentally enough, he's wearing the same Peach Jam shoes. Um, that he that he wore he, he, last night. He, he's been wearing them apparently for, since since he won that tournament and got that offer. But I mean, at the time, you look at that recruitment, and you think, man, what? But it really did kind of look like he really belonged. Now, again, they're playing Towson. Towson lost like thirty seven leading scores from last year's team. They're they're going to struggle. And I'm not saying that 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 Kihei's going to pull you know starters minutes against Duke, but Man, he gives them an element that they have not had, and he is—he's uh, fearless, dude. And I think that's the thing that stood out to me the most is he's fearless. He plays his game, and he does not care. He did not for a kid who's obviously undersized for for a freshman in his first game. He did not look like the moment was too big for him. Now, maybe when it's a big game and all the you know the brightest uh, lights are on him, maybe he'll be different. But I was really impressed with the way he handled himself, the sort of the, the way he sort of fit in, and really the the spark he gave him. I thought he was instrumental in getting them going in a time when, you know, things, you know, that early group, uh, it just didn't seem to work right for him. And then, you know, Kihei comes in and, and, and things start rolling. Um, to, yeah. to Ferber's point about the versatility piece, I thought uh, Tony's answer about the way that Braxton and, and Dre can sort of switch back and forth. He can do different things with them on one end of the floor versus the other, and he can sort of bounce back and forth. Look, that might seem like a good idea, but think about that in the big picture. How hard is that going to be for other teams when they're not entirely sure who's going to guard who consistently or who's going to be doing what on, the other, on offense? Like The fact that these guys are as versatile as they are and the way that they fit together, I think the fact that they have a story – like this that 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 Braxton had UVA in his top four was planning to come on an official 
and then Dre committed. I, I just think that that is sort of fascinating of itself. But to have two guys who can be that at, at that level and be that interchangeable, it's going to be something. Tony said early in that press conference that he's never had a team quite like this, and I think he he looked to me that that you know the the that's my jam moment uh, of the presser notwithstanding like he just looked loose to me he looked he's excited about this group and i think that says a lot about what you know what he thinks their potential is uh, or their i guess yeah their potential is dave what were you getting ready to say i was gonna say on kihei like you know i had the same thoughts last night like is he gonna be able to do this against the uh you know the cream of the acc who knows but even if he can give you five or six minutes in a big game like that if he brings that intensity, um, I think it's it's a great piece to bring off the bench. Um, and in the off season, like if he can, I think he ended up playing like twenty four or plus minutes last night. I mean, he played a lot of minutes. Um, if he's able to do that against your non elite teams and just keep those minutes off your starters' legs, and the team benefits from it, that's huge. Especially when you consider. You know what we've talked about as far as keeping these guys fresh for the for the run, um, but I really liked just the energy he brought because the team didn't seem to have much before he got in there. Um, we know Taz a fierce competitor, and we know Mamadi's kind of got his his energy. <laughs> Mamadi does not lack for energy, um, but uh, he kind of brought the energy last night, um, almost a little bit Tevin Jones like, you know, with that contagious wit and big smile. Um, but clearly, Tony trusts him. I mean, he ran the offense a majority of that first half, and that's when the when it started to come around. Now, one concern I didn't mention, which uh, was the rebounding, um, they did not rebound well last last night. I think they only maybe only had a one or two rebound advantage for the game. So that's one of the disadvantages of playing small. But I, I do think some of that has to do with guys just figuring out the role, and you know they were constantly switching who they were covering. So. Uh, they'll get that figured out, I hope, but that is something to keep an eye on. I think too. Um, one thing that concerned me. Look, I'm not. I'm not going to make a mountain out of a molehill. It was one game, but Mamdi, he can't be like that, right? He he was he was a little bit too all over the place for me. And for this team, I think to reach its full potential, Mamdi has to take a step. I'm reminded of what Brad Soderberg said in that Q and A I did with him. You know, less is more. And man, Mamadi was not doing less is more last night. He was uh, he was a little bit all over the place. His skill set and his potential have always been sort of obvious, right? Um, this is the year he has to take that step. And if he doesn't, that just puts an immense amount of pressure not just on you know Dre and and, and Braxton, but also on Ty. I mean, we've gotten we're what fifteen minutes or so into this podcast, and we haven't talked about Ty Jerome like just I mean. The amount of of you know what he just doesn't give is ridiculous. Um, but he's not going to hit six threes every night. You know their offense can't just be fool's gold like that. They're not the Warriors, right? Like they're going to have to have some stuff that's easier. Now there was that one set they got into, and I'm pretty sure Ty called the play himself, and he didn't even get it from the sideline. But basically, Momdi, cr- I mean, slashes and Ty. You know, it was a different. It was completely different action. Um, and I wonder if that's not it looked to me at least like one of those wrinkles they talked about when they need buckets they're going to do some things differently I'm really curious to see sort of how that develops but overall I feel like Mamadi has to be not just better but considerably better um, in order for this team to reach its full potential Um, what are you thinking over there Ferber man I'm just so many good thoughts Um, (laughs) yeah I mean I just kind of want to 
I'll be honest with you. I mean, this game, Towson's not very good. So, um, I mean, it was a good win. It was interesting to see what the team looked like. We saw, you know, all the new guys played, including um, a couple of walk-ons that I didn't know were on the team. Um, but just looking forward, I mean, I, I'm interested to see how they do against uh, – I don't know if they're much better than Towson, Jordan GW team on Sunday. Um, they lost their opener to Stony Brook. Uh, I mean, we'll, they play again before they play UVA, so we'll have another chance to kind of evaluate them. And obviously they are uh, – I think this is the second year of their coach's regime there after they fired the previous one. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do against a, a bigger team and a team that has some, you know, just more talent, to be quite honest with you, um, before they kind of ratchet up the schedule going forward. Um you know, the other thing that we didn't really talk about, we did see JF again, and he, he scored some points again, so I'm sure people will be talking about that. Yeah, people will be talking about Jay Huff um, as I made that joke. I don't I don't think we really need to. Cause <laughs> no, well, here's the one thing I do want to say about Jay Huff. So I think between the scrimmage and this game, you saw the microcosm that is trying to figure out how to get in minutes. Like, you sort of have to – I think they're going to have to play him to sort of let him, you know – not trial by fire it, but basically gets him on the job training, so to speak. Like practice is not going to always do it, but he's got to. Like there was that one time he was on the on uh, on defense, and like there's just no there's no fluidity to the way he rebounds, and like stuff's happening around him, and he's kind of his head's turning, but he's not. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't he doesn't instinctually it doesn't seem like at least I, I, I don't, shouldn't say it uh, like that. It, it doesn't seem like at least that he's as sort of locked in, right? Um, he's not quick off his feet and like, he's, he's such a talented player, but figuring out how to, how to get it going in the right direction is a little bit of a, a of a thing right now. But I do think they're going to have to play him some minutes. Look, if Mamadi keeps picking up fat, if he's going to pick up two fouls in two minutes and 42 seconds or whatever it was, you know, that Jay Huss going to play. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Cody Statman play. Um, but maybe the Badoki medical leave sort of forced their hand on that one. Um, Cody Statman, who I believe Jack Salt calls Shaggy, which is the greatest nickname in the history of nicknames, except for Uncle Malcolm, I'll give you that, Dave. Um, Statman, I thought, didn't look to me like a guy who was super comfortable. It, it was like the opposite of the way Kihei looked, right? Kihei might be five foot six, but that dude was ready. Cody looked like he was a little bit overwhelmed with the moment, um, and I'm wondering how much of a role he'll play. Um, in terms of the, the bench guys, Dave, what were some of your – takeaways thoughts concerns what have you yeah i mean i'm uh, just echoing what you said about Mamadi. it was I, I don't want to call it disappointing you know m- more than it was um I, I don't want to take it as more disappointing than it was just being one game but like th- this should be his season and he came out like he was playing double speed which which he does quite often he um if you could just slow him down like 20 percent he's so athletic he doesn't need to be that frantic um so it, it was very frustrating i think he picked up two fouls in three minutes or something in the first half but you know he did get more court time in the second um it just i don't know he he's got so much potential there and you're right like the ceiling for this team changes a bit if that's what we're going to get from him so um i was a uh, i think we we're all a little surprised when the starting lineup came out that you know key was starting over Mamadi, but I don't know that what we saw last night was the reason for that, but it was surprising to me. I I, a, I have high hopes for him for the season. Um, Huff, you know, Huff is so weird. On offense, he moves like 
I don't want to say gracefully, but on offense, he moves with like confidence and assurance. And then as soon as the ball goes through the bucket and they head the other way, it looks like he's never played basketball before. Um, so that he's certainly got to get better than he was last year. But, you know, I, I do like what he brings for the offensive end. Um, as far as the other subs, yes, I wasn't super shocked that Statman played. I know his minutes going to be limited, but um, I've kind of held the belief that, you know, there's a very good chance he'll be leaned on pretty heavily next year. So even if he gets mop-up duty, I think for him, being able to come in and see the speed of the game and be able to practice for that for next year is is, is as good, you know, as spending a season just exercising, basically, and practicing. Um, but I don't know that he'll be more than a, in a situational role player. Um, I hope not at least. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's obviously the, 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 the sort of, um, plan, so to speak, right. Is that he'll be able to at least get his feet wet this year. And that helps him, you know, be a little bit more of a, of a, a bigger piece next year. The problem, of course, that you has here is that Dre, we all think and know however you want to frame it is going to go pro, uh, key could, if he has a good season, um, Ty Jerome might test that water. Who knows? Um, and I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, hey, look, Mamdi might be the most gifted physically of all of them. Um, so, but it's funny though because they could be in a situation next year where they do need to lean on Cody Stabman. Um, so, getting him some burn this year probably not a bad idea, especially like I said with Badoki being sort of um, um, out um, with that medical situation. Um, as the season goes forward, I, I, I'm curious, I don't want to talk, you know, we get sometimes we get in trouble cause we get in this meta discussion about UVA fans and all. I don't want to start doing any of that yet. I am curious in terms of like the way that people reacted to the game, be they fans or otherwise, um, were you surprised at all Ferber with the way that, 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 that folks reacted to this game, be they, UVA fans on message boards or just the, the general public who was trying to get away from the election news? I mean, to be quite honest with you, I haven't really read a ton today. Um, I, I kind of understand that people, I could tell, <laughs> you know, I wrote the preview, right? And we posted it. And the first five comments, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I, I get it. And I was wrong. Uh, we're like, why only 20-point margin of victory? You know, like, why Why do you think that? And then it, it's because it's an opener, right? I mean, Towson's supposed to be bad, but, you know, we don't know that for sure. We don't have a lot of games to show that. And UVA's supposed to be really good, but, I mean, we're going on what we saw in previous seasons. So every team is different and, and provides different challenges. And, you know, the opening games, a lot of times they are sloppy just because they are just that. I mean, it's the first time the teams had to play a real game together out there. Um, you know, against another team, obviously outside of scrimmages. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of variables and, and factors that can go into that. And I, I don't think that people should get too carried away negatively or positively. I mean, I don't think there's anything that we saw in the Towson game that will lead us to believe the UVA is going to be a lot worse than people hope. Um, they, they did what they had to do. Remember last year, people had the same reaction or worse, maybe, when – they played, I think it was UNC Greensboro, um, and they won by like 12. Um, and people were like, whoa, this that was an ugly game, and we do not look good, and it's going to be you know, a, and a tough – They remember, they weren't ranked, so it was kind of like uh, this could be a, a team like the one we see, saw the previous year that got bounced early in the NCAA tournament. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I understand the, the pause after one game where it wasn't the clean, you know, they didn't score 100 points. Um, but I think that these things tend to work themselves out throughout the first few weeks of the season. And, you know, last year they certainly did. I think the thing I was most surprised by really was that, that Towson scored 42. I mean, they went, what was it, the ten thirty one mark of the first half until like the one nineteen without a field goal? Didn't score at all for like four minutes somewhere in there. I mean, I'm surprised that they got to forty two points. I think that's the key, that's the that's the recalibration that I think a lot of us, myself included, need to make, which is that defense last year with Isaiah Wilkins, they're not that anymore. Like and that's not a negative necessarily. It's just a, I, I just think Zay was really, really that good. And his ability to to cover up mistakes, it was really evident to me last night. Um, that being said, they are super talented, and I think they're going to be just fine. Um, the defense probably won't be as good, and I don't think that the offense is going to be as bad as it was last night. But it has been interesting to me to see some of the, uh, I don't want to call it overreaction, but let's say the the more heated reaction, right? Uh, but I think a lot of that just comes from folks just were excited to see the team, and now they have something to actually go on, some real thing to go on. What do you think, Dave? I thought, um, first of all, like, it, 42 points is still pretty remarkable, man. I mean, yeah, um, I was just going to say, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, just like we're conditioned like, to think that's a normal amount right? of points. Yeah. That is like a very low number of points. I know, no, so I know. Keep but in that's, mind, like, yeah. a student manager played for more than a minute last night. So, you know, um, Put up a trillion. Yeah. So, yeah. And I believe there was a, there was a stretch where uh, Towson hit like, three threes out of four possessions or yeah, something. Yeah, the Howard so, kid went kind of crazy there for a few. Yeah, yeah. Kind of had some bad flashbacks there for a second. Um, but, you know, as far as, like, the UVA fan, you know, yapping, I don't think, you know, it, last year was a big topic on the podcast. Like, you know, look at us, give us more <laughs> praise. Right. You're, you're not seeing that this year. Like, I think yeah. there's a lot of UVA fans who aren't going to be, like, beating their chest after any game this year because they know what they're getting in their mentions. Um, they know it's coming, so it's gonna. They're gonna see much more subdued UVA Twitter. Um, certainly, in in games like this, um, you may not. It may not be as subdued when you play Carolina or Duke or Syracuse, but yeah, no, no one's gonna be bragging or saying, "Hey, talk about how good we look against Towson." Um, so it's gonna be. I don't know if refreshing, but it's gonna be different. Yeah, and I think that. I mean, they're still getting the accolades in the press, right? I mean, they were picked fifth in the preseason in the AP poll. Um, I think I sent you guys the thing. Uh, ESPN had like 30 different people pick their Final Four national title winner, and I think it was like 12 or 13 picked UVA to be in the Final Four, which is a pretty good share considering there's like 300 and some teams to pick from and, you know, maybe like 20, 20-ish, you know, actual Final Four contenders. And then I think four or so had them as the national champion. So it's not like... You know, in the days after the UMBC loss, there were, we did have some conversations about maybe this will kind of like make people not believe in this program anymore going forward, out people from the outside. And not that that necessarily matters, but we've seen to the contrary um, over the past month or so just because of where they've been put in the polls. And people still think that they're going to be really good again this year. So I don't think that um, that one game has necessarily completely changed the perception across the landscape. One more thing on the basketball front before we, we ship off. So I saw this thing last night, and I want to talk for a few minutes about it, right? So Duke goes out and just just 
mollywops Kentucky. And I mean, does it in just, I mean, granted, I was driving and uh, paying attention to election results and whatnot. But man, like some of the stuff that R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson did last night um, was absurd. And there seemed to, I, I forget who I saw it from, um, but basically the idea of being like, hey, everybody clowns, I think it was Justin Rowland, former uh, writer for me, uh, and now runs the Kentucky site, that, you know, people clown UVA for their style, but like UVA making these guys earn might be literally the only way that they lose. And I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be fun because that, I could totally see that being a narrative. When you guys watched Duke last night, did you have any sort of, I mean, look, those three kids, with Cam Reddish are just absurd. I mean, they're just absurd. And having, I mean, they could legitimately be one, two, three in the draft. There's no doubt about it, right? To have a team in the ACC with that much firepower, I mean, it's kind of scary. Um, do you guys, can you see a, a narrative emerge that basically UVA is the only team that could that can derail them? Dave, you can go Yes, first. yes. If UVA, if UVA has a start like they did last year, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I texted you guys last night, like, I'm interested. I can't remember what the exact text was. It was something about, you know, I'm going to find it. Not sure how I said, I'm not sure how they react if forced to grind, but so many weapons. And that's, um, you know, Kentucky kind of came out with the worst game plan possible. You know, yeah. I think they were kind of stunned by what was happening. Yeah. Like, I, I think Caleb probably thought the lights might be too big and they would try to do too much, but, and they did. The problem is they're capable of it and you let them get to the rim repeatedly. Um, yeah, it's. I didn't look. I, I thought Zion Williamson. I still think RJ Barrett's the best. He might be the best freshman I've seen in ten years. Yeah, he was really um, good last night. I, I can't even think of a comp for him. Like someone said, Penny Hardaway today when we we're talking about it. Um, that's not know. terrible. I yeah, mean, it's, it's close. More like a modern that. version of that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And that team just loaded though, man. I mean, um, but yeah, I, I think the way you're going to beat him, they're probably going to. Big games with with teams like Kentucky, Kansas, games like that, they'll show up. Uh, Virginia, they'll probably show up just because of last year. They'll probably end up dropping a game to some random team that those boys think they can just roll out and play, don't have to defend. Um, But, yeah, I'm very interested to see this clash of styles because they're good. I mean, I, I mean, they, I, I think you're going to see some other teams try to do what UVA does against them. Yeah, I would because I mean, I watched I watched the first half, and that was really all I needed to see. Um, and they were getting a lot of points on runouts and you know, quick, easy buckets. And obviously, UVA is not going to let you do that. But other teams might look at what they do and say, you know what, this might be the best way to do this. Yeah, because you're not going to slow it down and grind in the half court. Yeah, you're not going to out-talent them. Like, you're not going to be able – like, you're not going to get into playing their style and all of a sudden you're going to Yeah, try better. to run with them and see how that works yeah, out. Yeah, like, let me not like, – send, 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 send me a text. No, it's – it's and, and I think, too, the thing is is that uh, obviously Virginia has to, to earn some of those bona fides. I mean, like, I know number five in the country, but this group, I mean, that's special. And um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and I don't really believe this, but like some, you, I watched the UVA Towson game, and then I watched that game, and I'm like, how are these teams both in the top five? Like they look completely different, just like the way that the team is playing and like made up, you know, like the play. They have you know like the monsters out there, and UVA just is out there just grinding on both ends of the court. And it's like they're playing two different sports. Um, 
but I think that UVA style could be effective against them. And I think Duke will drop games. I mean, they're not going to score 120 points every night. No. We've seen, I mean, they've gotten this kind of hype in the past with other teams. And, and I think this was different last night. But, I mean, we've been told, you know, are they going to go 30-0? and 0? Are they going to go 18-0 and 0 in the ACC? And then they end up like 11-8 and 8 in the ACC or whatever. You know, just because they just, on a night-in-night-out basis, it's hard to bring it, especially on the road. Well, one thing, too, about the whole, you know, your, your point about, you know, at some point they're going to drop a game because they're going to just sort, sort of expect to go out and win. Man, those dudes are good enough to actually do it. Like, the it's not just necessarily how talented they are. It's the way they fit together. You know what I mean? Like, like that's highest uh, – Tyus Jones um, – Trey Jones. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm saying the year that they had Ja uh, and, you know, like that team was, was really talented. But, like, they couldn't do what this team can do. You know what I mean? Like – and especially like this team at this point in in time, and when basketball is sort of going that direction anyway, right? Like these are the best dudes. Like and the way that they they overlap, I mean, it's sort of it's sort of crazy. But I could totally see a scenario where, you know, UVA is seen as the one that can slow them down. And uh, look, I'm glad that UVA gets two cracks at them this year. Um, well, I think that's also, gonna be fun I mean, to watch. I mean, one thing that will definitely not slow Duke down is if Brad Franklin is at Cap. Uh, yeah, Cameron. don't worry. Brad's not going to Cameron. Everybody can calm down. You can keep your emails and your at mentions and whatnot. I'm not going to Cameron. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, not to continue on about Duke, but the the thing I was most let, let me continue on about Duke. Um, like the starting five is ridiculous, right? I think the freshman scored 89 last night. But what kind of scares me more is when they go to the bench now, they're not incompetent. Um, like their bench nah, is pretty good. No, it wasn't good. the case last year. Yeah, they yeah had last five year guys. if you got yeah, you because know, they had foul trouble last night, and you know they just kept rolling dudes out. Um, so they've got depth this year. I just, I think way a team like Virginia can beat them is like you know Barrett and Reddish and <clears throat> Williamson and Jones. They seem to like playing together, and they seem to fit together, and they have good personalities. Um, but how does that you know all those guys are, well at least three of those guys are going to be high high draft picks. Um, how do they react when the number of shots available during that game is half or a third of what they got last night? Um, you know, are they, are they as carefree sharing the ball with their partner? Um, that's what I'm interested to watch. Let's, uh, let's switch over to the, to the football side. Of the- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite Duke basketball podcast. <laughs> okay. It was like four minutes. All right. Let's, let's uh, flip over and switch to the, the football side. We've had a longer time because of the, the Friday night game to sort of digest what happened to UVA, um, the monsoon, and then everything that there, that happened thereafter, everything just sort of was, was off in the day since then, Dave, how have you, uh, are you still as worried about it? Are you less like where where are you at in the grieving process after UVA lost its lead in the coastal? <laughs> I'm still not over that man. Like, like you guys know, it. I am anti UVA hosting weeknight games forever. Um, UVA should just tell the ACC if you want us to play on Thursday or Friday, we'll be on the road. Uh, the whole day was screwed up from the get go. Like, I need to be in my tailgate spot. At 8.30, regardless of what time the game kicks off, I wasn't able to get to my tailgate spot until 5 o'clock and someone else was in my spot. <laughs> the day went downhill from there. Um, the, the rain was absolutely... like if, you were, if no one was there and it looked bad on TV, like that was some of the hardest rain I've experienced in my entire life. Uh, I've never seen anything like it at a sporting event. No, it was terrible, man. You guys know I sit like, what, eight, eight or nine rows off the field behind... I couldn't see the dudes standing 
at the 20 at so you know right after kickoff um but overall like i it was such a big opportunity for for virginia um i think after the game ended it felt like wow they really got dominated going back and rewatching it it's just they're so close um and the fact that they were so close given with the four or five players they lost during the course of the game to injury um and the weather conditions, of course, Virginia got the ball when it was in monsoon. That was essentially a wasted possession. Um, so given all that, um, the, the fact that they only lost by 10, it, it was pretty respectable. Um, they certainly held their own. When you go back and rewatch it, at the end of the game, it didn't feel that way. But just, you know, the Coastal was so close, and it's going to take so much to get back. And then coming out of it, um, with the news that Mandy's out for the year now and, you know, Blunt's going to be banged up for a little while. You know, it just changes a lot in, in a time where I don't think it will set the program back, you know, to if they were to lose out the rest of the ACC games. But it's a good chance to kind of move forward. And I think not winning at Georgia Tech or against Virginia Tech, not winning one of those two will – in some people's eyes, be be a step back. So I'm hoping the team can kind of rally, get through the Liberty game this week, get a little healthier, and and surprise at one of these final two games. I think too for me, like I guess the injuries as they sort of it was like a it was like a drip 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 situation, right? You lose one, and then you lose Mandy, and then you lose Joey, and then Brent Nelson is is doubled over in pain most of the night. It seemed like, but he was doing everything he could to stick on the field. Um, I think. It's hard for me to get a gauge on sort of what that second half was and was not in terms of the running game that Pitt put out there um, versus was that a function of just UVA not having the, the, the horses or was that a function of UVA just being bad? Um, the run fits had issues. I mean, J-Mac sort of owned that uh, in post game. Like, look, it was good to be back, but it was also his worst game. Um, and I And I'm curious to see sort of what they are able to do, you know, can they get the rust off of him in enough time? Uh, especially given, you know, Manny, you know, Bronco Mendenhall announced on the, his coach's show on Wednesday night that Manny's going to be out for the rest of the season. I think he said they were um, hopeful on Thornhill and then were, were unsure on Blunt and Nelson, if, I, if I'm recapping that correctly. Nelson's doubtful for this week. Um, but, yeah, Blunt sounds like it could be more than a week thing. Yeah, so I, I honestly, I thought going into the Liberty game, because what are they, 25-point favorites or whatever, I thought they would rest these guys, but it it's funny because Liberty is the one team that, like, they're going to throw that thing around the yard, like, at least they're going to try to, um, and this was a game where the secondary, you know, obviously mattered a lot. Um, I feel like, I felt like even riding in the in the media van back to the um, to O'Hill, like, I, I really thought, I'll be surprised if any of them play. They'll give them the extra week and then try to get them ready for Georgia Tech. I I genuinely thought like Mandy would be the one of the group that could play um, because his looked more like a pain tolerance thing. Um, I saw Joy Blunt's parents not too long thereafter, and the fact that they weren't like on their way to the hospital or anything, I thought was a good sign. But ultimately, you know, Virginia's got to figure out. A, you know, they talk a lot about next man up. I mean, that's certainly where they are. For what have the last few days been like in terms of your? Um, mindset about that loss and sort of what it means for them going forward. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like something was like Dave said. It just felt off from the start. Um, the rain obviously didn't help, but I don't really want to 
throw that in as a huge factor. I mean, it stopped raining halfway halfway through the first quarter, so um, they sh- you know they were they had opportunities to do better on offense after that. I thought you know you, you just talked about all the injuries overall. You know, even with all that, I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, they gave up 23 points, which is not many. Uh, it's not a ton to a team that had scored like I think they had scored like 35 or more and almost all their ACC games. So um, I think the Georgia Tech game was the exception to that. Um, they won that one. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like they got really gashed until later in the game when I think they got worn down and the injuries started to mount. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I was not very impressed. Um, that was a team that had been gashed by pretty much everybody they played and in the first half, it I felt like UVA was going to do that to them. I mean, I really felt like UVA had a recipe to win. I mean, the first drive, like like you guys said, I mean, that might as well not have even – they might as well have just kneeled because <laughs> there was nothing they could have done in the rain, really. And they still picked up a couple first downs. But, um, you know, after that, Jana has the touchdown on the first play of the drive, and it seemed like, all right, they're going to get things going. And, and then they get the lead going into halftime. And – out of the locker room, they just pretty much no-showed in the second half. I mean, they got the ball back early in the third quarter with a chance to go up 17-7 or 13-7, and they didn't end up getting anything going. And then that led to that back-breaking, almost nine-minute pit drive that had the horse collar play at the beginning. And then that's where they really started to get their their you know run game momentum going. And, I mean – I just really didn't think Bryce played very well um, in the passing game, and he was under pressure a lot, so not all of that's on him, but definitely missed some guys down the field, um, held the ball too long a few times. Uh, you know, he took two sacks that lost 15 yards each, and you just can't do that. Um, so he's got to be a little bit more, you know, get out of the pocket, throw the ball away. I mean, he makes a lot of plays with his legs, so maybe this is part of that trade off. You know, he extends plays, but. He was extending those plays in the wrong direction. So I thought they did a couple of good things early, but, you know, not being able to get Alamade the ball like they weren't able to. And then, you know, they weren't really able to get anything else going um, in the offensive game. I mean, the the run didn't really get going until late, and uh, it just wasn't enough. And then to add on top of all that, the the protection issues and the penalty issues. I think, honestly, the, the best way to sum up the game from offense, defense, special teams was they played an uncharacteristically – unsound game where they they've been very sound in recent weeks. And, and then this week they just weren't yeah, just, I don't want to go on a rant here about the offense. Cause I, I do feel like it's improved versus last year. Right. But what drives yeah. me crazy is um, when the defense comes out, there's been games where the defense has gotten gassed early or had some issues trying to get pressure and they change things up and they figure out a way to make it work. It seems like Anai or who, you know, it's Anai's running the show, so let's just say it's 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 uh, it's Bob there. Um, it seems like if it's not working, he just says, try again, try again, try again. You know, there's no drastic changes to the offense. Um, Pitt clearly came out with the intention of keeping Bryce in the pocket and kind of putting pressure in his face. Um they didn't do much on the back end. They kind of dared us to go deep, and, and we didn't for the most part. And people were that, open. I mean, we oh, could yeah. see it in the press box. People were open. I'd say the two best plays of the game were the touchdown to Jana. You know, it was a double move. that He could have essentially thrown it with his left hand to Terrell at that point. 
Um, and then there and was, if you notice, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, right. but that was all because of Alamade. Oh he yeah, brought yeah. three defenders to him. <laughs> a little so, I mean, short like return they, towards Alamade, and they right. bit up. Um, but the other, my other favorite play of the game was kind of a, a read option. It wasn't a screen, but it was a read option pass to Tanner Cowley, and he he went like forty five yards because it was you got him aggressive and kind of hit him back over the top. Um, I know I said it to you guys in the text thread, and we we lamented about it walking back to our walking back to our cars after the game. Like, why is there not a screen as part of this offense? Like, I, I know the offensive line. You don't trust them, and they've got issues, and we hear about it every week. Um, but, you know, high schools run a screen. At, at any point during that game, when Pitt, especially when Pitt was starting to come heavy, if you just hit him once or twice with a running back screen, you know, you know screen to you know Jordan or screen to Atkins or screen to Sharp, just, just to get them to hesitate for a second, just to change up their look and get them thinking, that that doesn't take a drastic overhaul of your offense, and I don't know why something like that is not incorporated. Um, that said, you know Bryce had some. You're right. There was a third and one that Bryce took a 15 yard sack on. Um, you know, Butts had a bad fumble. Um, but overall, I don't blame anything. The defense did enough to win that game. Um, that early touchdown run that um, Hall had. That was. That was a really bad run fit, but I thought even up until Pitt took the lead, um, I can't remember what the score was. I guess so 17-13 maybe. They uh, took a 14-10 lead on that eight-minute, 40-second drive. 14-10? Yeah. Okay. It was 10-7 for like – and that's that's one of the things that when I went back and rewatched the game, it feels like Pitt dominated the game. But if you go back and look, UVA was winning with like 40 seconds left in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, and it's like, what? They were a quarter away from winning this game, even how bad they played. So they scored up to go 14-10, and I think we went up. And then UVA went down and got a field goal. Yeah. And then then they had the long drive with the horse collar to go up uh, 20. We no, that was point. the horse collar drive put them up 14-10. Okay, so there's and then UVA made it 14-13, and then on the first play of the next drive, they had a 75-yard touchdown run. Okay, but that, right. that's and then that was and that was pretty much it. Yeah, but even that play, like even that play, the game was still within reach because we blocked the extra point. So right. it, it was almost as good as them taking it nine minutes and kicking a field goal and ending the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, again. it was down 20 to 13 with the ball, and I think there were still like eight minutes left in the game. Like they could have easily gone down and tied it. Yeah. And I say easily, like, if you had told me before the game Pitt was going to score 23 points, I'd be like, UVA is going to win this game easily. Oh, yeah. Because like, their defense is not good. But, I mean, they, like Bronco said, I mean, they played well on, at Notre Dame on defense and they played well in this game. And I guess that's, you can just chalk that up to two good games and a bunch of bad ones. But, I mean, it wasn't lack of opportunity. I know. I think it was lack of aggressiveness. Um, you know, yeah, the weather certainly had a factor early in the game. But you're right. Even though between the hashes, it was nasty up through the third quarter. Um, and, and I think Bryce lost his footing a couple times there. But. I, I do think that the between the hashes field element was much more a factor than the rain, because I think that UVA got a bunch of holding penalties and stuff right in the middle of the field. Um, I think that Pitt just did a better job, honestly, in that track than UVA did. And that, that might've been why they were able to get so much pressure. Um, Cause they got a lot of it with their line. So maybe, maybe that had something to do with it, but I mean, you can scheme around that. You can go outside the numbers and do what you got to do. So, yeah, I mean, like, I guess take home point for me is you know, it wasn't that far away. Like the final score is a little deceiving. Um, 
if you haven't gone back and watched rewatch the game, you, you should, as as I'll always say. But the, the thing <laughs> that frustrates go back me, and watch it. yeah, probably not this time. No, even even the losses you should because I, th- I do think you, as a fan, you're so emotionally caught up in the game that when something bad happens, it made it feel like oh, I knew it was coming, so you assume it was a bad beat. Um, but it was so close. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the horse collar thing, it's like that was bad, but they could have gotten off the field after that. Like, they didn't have to get gashed. Like, down yeah, the field. It, it's um, true. And they've, but, uh, and they've done a pretty good job with that throughout the season. They had actually a few back-breaking plays on, like, third and long. They had that one screen on their first touchdown yeah. drive in the first half that went for, like, 30 yards. And then Pickett picked up one running. Yeah, he had, like, a crazy scramble that we thought he was, like, four yards short of the first down in the press box, and he was at the lo- he was at the sticks or yeah. whatever. Well, he yeah, had to, it was, like, his initial hit, and then he just, like, scored it out of it. I don't even know how he did it. And they converted a fourth down on that drive, which I forgot about until I rewatched it. So go back and rewatch it. They converted a fourth and one at like the 50 on that drive, the first touchdown drive. And then they had the one at late in the first half where they went forward on like fourth and one from their own 10. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, was, that was probably the only play I was upset with the defense about. Like that could have been a game changing play. And and if you go back and think about the game and how it went, like the, the physical nature of the game and all that, I feel like th- those kind of plays do matter to, to Pitt. Like, I mean, UVA couldn't get over it, and I don't think, even think they gave up points on that drive. But, um, like, those, you're kind of, like, setting the tone, right? You're saying, like, we're getting this yard. We're going to get this yard. And they did. And they did it, like, three times. So, I mean, they just credit them. I mean, they, they kind of have a plan, and they, they stuck to it, and, you know, they, it, it worked out. You know, they completed seven passes. They, they didn't deviate. They didn't throw a bunch of wrinkles at UVA, so. What I didn't understand is I felt like our offensive plan was almost like when you're playing Georgia Tech, like you need to you need to score, but you need to do it with long drives. Um, yeah, we you don't want to put your defense back on the field. Like that makes we no about sense. That after the nine minute drive because it was kind of like all right, they need a break. <laughs> like, yeah, but at, yeah, that at that, that point, the, yeah, that but that was, was late in the game. Though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just the offense. No changes, not drastic changes coming from the offense. When you see the defense make changes every week, it's so frustrating to me. Yeah, in the in the preseason, uh, you guys, I talked. Oh, wow. talk, yeah, yeah, Liberty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this. You know, I guess. Yeah, we don't need to spend that much time on football. And you just you just did ten more minutes straight. Like y'all just rambled for ten minutes. We had to football. double our t- football talk over apparently Duke basketball. <laughs> um, in the preseason, Dave, you had Virginia winning us thirty-one to fourteen. My guess is uh, maybe the margin's a little bit higher. Um, but maybe the points are a little bit different. What are you What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it looks like Virginia's going to be down at least two guys, maybe three in the in the secondary. Obviously, I don't think this game the defensive line will be as important. Um, no, not that it's not important, but um, the Liberty's not terrible. Like I think they're ninth in the country in passing. Um, yep. What's the quarterback's name? Buckshot Calvin. <laughs> Um, the and crazy got, thing is, you would think he was like a country boy, but he's from Carroll City, Miami. <laughs> yeah, the, don't ask. I don't know. Because Hollow Point was taken. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Um, no, I mean this is going to be a big game for Liberty. Like, you know, it's it's their Super Bowl this year in some ways. You know, they're they're they are an FBS team, folks. Like, you know, they're Division One. Um, this is a game that counts and. They're going to travel well. Like I don't want to get take any, take a guess how many fans they're going to have there, but it's going to be a sizable, noticeable number. Um, so I, 
they will they will take pat you know they will take a lot of shots down the field and throw the ball around a lot um they run a three four so i think it's a team we can run the ball against uh i do think they're going to score just because when you got all those new guys in the back end you know there's going to be communication issues so i do think virginia kind of opens up offensively uh, i look for bryce to have a bounce back game um I expect to see a little Lindell Stone in this game. So I will go Virginia 42, Liberty 24. All right, Ferber, in the preseason, you had Virginia win in this thing 35 to, I'm pretty sure that's 17. Uh, you didn't, I don't think you picked Liberty to um, to win that 77 to 35. Uh, how do you feel now? No, that's what I picked, 77 35. 77 35, Liberty. They just no, um, chuck it around the yard. Yeah, so I mean, what Dave said is true. They're not terrible. Um, they did beat Troy. I know that doesn't mean a lot to people probably listening, but Troy's not bad. I mean, Troy beat Nebraska this year, so they're not a team that you can – they're not playing VMI, right? No offense to VMI, but that's a game where it's literally like you could probably throw your second string out there and win. I don't think that's necessarily the case in this game, but I do think that UVA should be able to put up a bunch of points. Um, Liberty's defense is not that great. They gave up 62 points last week and a triple overtime loss to UMass. But they can throw the ball. Um, so I think that if UVA has issues in the secondary with, with new guys in there, and um, that, that could be a problem. They have one receiver, Anthony Gandy-Golden. I don't want to say that wrong. He has, like, ridiculous numbers. He's only played seven games, and he has, like, he's, like, third in the country in receiving. Um, so he's going to be a guy that hopefully draws, draws a lot of Bryce Hall um, on Saturday. So I, I think kind of – Pretty much what Dave said. I think the offense really moves the ball well through the air and on the ground, and I think the defense will give up a couple of big plays that'll that'll upset people, but nothing. I don't think it'll be a game that's really close late. I think UVA wins forty-two twenty-one. Forty-two twenty-one sounds about right. I had UVA thirty-eight to thirteen. Um, I, I do think that Liberty probably scores a little bit more just because of the the injury situation and the fact that they're probably going to be some some serious backups playing for most of that second half. I feel like the Cavaliers come out and start fast. A uh, lot of run stuff. I won't be surprised to see Bryce throwing a little bit better. Um, hopefully the weather will abide, and um, I'm going to stick with, with that sort of margin of 25 or so. Um, so I'm going to go 42. 42 seems, yeah, 42 seems right. Um, how many points do I want to give Liberty? What did you say, Ferber? 42 21 42 uh, yeah that sounds I, i'll give him i'll give him 42 20 just so we're not right on the same number um i think that's a good place to put a pin in it for this week we have a obviously we got a basketball game coming sunday after a fo- about football game on saturday um and then virginia goes down to georgia tech and there's uh, you know the way that the football season ends so it's going to be a busy time anybody uh you guys got anything else for the good of the order before we wrap it up tonight yeah we'll have some interesting coastal scenario playouts after this weekend that's true. That's a, that's very true. Brew for tech if you want Virginia to have a chance. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be hard for a lot of people, isn't it? You heard it here first from Dave, the guy that said root for Virginia Tech. <laughs> it's a win-win. Either Tech loses or Virginia wins. So, you know. that's yeah. true. That's a good point. I mean, we can get into that if if it plays out. It's also all on the CavsCorner.com. Uh, that's true. Ferber, Ferber broke it all down. Yes. Yep. Check it out. It's a website. If you are someone who found the website because of uh, the podcast, um, feel free to give us a, um, a review. That is always a, um, a good thing for us. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your show, 
feel free to give us a review. It helps uh, the, the thing generate the algorithm to show it to other people. If you are somebody who found the podcast, have not checked out the website that Ferber just mentioned, Cavs Corner, we have lots of stuff to read, uh, lots of crazy people to argue with. Uh, it is a lot of fun. I uh, want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. And again, want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.